I'd ask that you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Psalms tonight, to Psalm 75. Psalm 75, which says to the choir master, according to do not destroy, which is a fitting, at least tune in that way. We don't know what it is, but certainly its word speaks to us of that which is to come, a psalm of Asaph, a song. And certainly there are a number of psalms that are given that, that title, a song, and yet here especially important. And knowing the week that we are coming into, and perhaps your own bit of, even as I prayed, that anxiety of what would take place this week, what will happen, uh, how will our communities be shaped in the way of even this election, we continue to need to sing something out, not only to the world around us, but I think also to one another. That as we encourage each other in the gospel, we also encourage each other in the providence of God. And so that's what we hear in the psalm this evening. So let's give special attention to the hearing of God's word, because it is that. It's the inspired and fallible word of our God, the best thing that he has prepared for you to hear this evening. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine well mixed, and he pours out from it. And all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Would you pray with me for a minute? Our Lord and Heavenly Father, as we bow our hearts before your word, we pray that you would open them. Lord, in the the struggles of our life right now, we pray, Father, speak into them. That in hearts, Father, that may be hardened to you, we pray, break them open. Pour your word and your gospel into each one. And for us, as we consider our witness together, Father, would you would inform it, even through the wonder of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Children of God called to be saints, as we begin our worship services, so often we hear those words of of comfort and hope, of strength and stability. Even tonight, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And perhaps there are other favorite psalms that you have that begin in the same way. God is our fortress, our high tower, our rock. And it's good for us to find comfort and security in these kinds of words. And certainly there are many of them to be found in the Word of God. But sometimes that's very easy to do when things are good. Or when we're not the ones who are going through difficulty. But when things are not going so well, are these words quickly to your lips? Are they ones that you are holding on to and standing firm in? How about in these days, as we approach an election, as we consider abounding political struggles, 
the advocacy of sexual brokenness, the promotion of limitless abortion, the indoctrination of children in blatant sin, of continuing racial conflict, economic woe, and fracturing communities. God is refuge. God is strength. Are those words operating in our hearts? Because while we know this stability, it seems like every structure is is shaking and crumbling in real time. And so is your security operating in this moment? Do you have something to speak to your families? Something to speak here in this church family? Something to speak in the communities in which you live? Because how can we say that we know true and real security when our first response to all of those things, all of that crumbling, all of that shaking, is what's going on? And we get riled up in the narthex. What's going on? Can you believe this? Can you believe what we read? Can you believe what she said? Why isn't our first response, I will trust and not be afraid? The God of Jacob is our refuge. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, it's the power of so many psalms that perhaps is the problem. We neglect too many of them. But in so many of them where cries of hurt or, or sorrow or struggle, they resolve in that kind of trust as a reminder to the writer, but also to those who sing those songs. And so when everything seems broken, brothers and sisters, we need to be brought back to the truth. One commentator, Alec Motier, writes it this way, quote, at the center of our trouble, danger, loss, sorrow. When hostile forces are on top, rampant and triumphalist, our course is to be reminded about what we believe about our God, end quote. That's what we need to be reminded of tonight. That's what needs to operate tomorrow as you gather for prayer. That's what needs to operate on Tuesday when you go to the ballot box. What does his word say? What do we believe about trust and comfort and hope? And is the God that we claim to find all of that in worthy of all of our praise for the ways in which even now He is drawing near to save. And so in Psalm 75, we come before the one who is worthy of that kind of praise with a song. A response made in trusting that he will not destroy us. A trust that allows us to respond even in moments where we're shaken by our circumstances or by any number of doubts to sing of our security in him. And so we see that, and it's printed in your bulletin tonight, our theme, in the shaking of circumstances, God's people must hold on to and sing out the song of the secure. This is what he's given us to hold on to, and more fully in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it's a song which reveals that we are secure in our recounting, and we see that in verses 1 through 5, and then secure in our declaring in verses 6 through 10. But we're secure in our recounting. And that's because the best songs are written by writers who plug in to their past experiences. And so the song of Psalm 75 really in that way is no different. 
because it recounts what God has done and what he's commanded. And so to recount something, and maybe that's a word where you're like, where are you going with this? A a recount is something very different than recounting, but, but it's just simply to tell someone something about what has happened or to give an account. And so we need to be able to sing out an account of our God, remembering who he is and what he has done into this moment, as well as an understanding of what he's promised to do. And so the first thing that this song recounts, and I invite you to keep your Bibles open, is a remembrance. Remember what we have been made for and remember the one whom we serve. Look again at verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. Remembering who we're coming to first matters. But what if this were the first thing we would speak? Instead of getting riled up, instead of becoming even like talk show hosts ourselves and what's going to go on and the sky is falling and everything is broken. What if this is what we remembered first? We give thanks to you, O God, that in all circumstances it is our thanksgiving which should flow forth immediately. And so this song commits itself to that praise first. A call, remember his blessings. And the greatest of those blessings that we need in those moments, that where the psalmist finds himself, and I would argue where we find ourselves in our day, is the blessing of his name and nearness. And maybe that strikes us funny. We're going we're gonna to talk about praise and thanks for who God is, and we want power and might and judgment. We want that from the get. And he says what? We give thanks for your name is near. Just a name? That's what you have for us? But his name reveals his person. His name reveals his character. That name reveals his work to us. And it's that name that he's saying is near us. The God who reveals himself to us is also near us, which means he's with us, which means he's for us. The Lord's name is still among us. In the trials and struggles of life, the Lord's name still and always is among us. And that name then is a promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be the covenant-keeping God. I will always be faithful to my promise. I will always be steadfast to my purpose. I will always accomplish my will. I will always keep my promise word that that's something to sing that's something to recount to the nations this is who our god is and he is with us and so we recount your wondrous deeds they need to hear about what our god has done about what he is doing and will do And so we sing out to the God who is to be praised for every awe-inspiring thing that he has done. For every work of creation, great and small, which resounds to his praise. For every work of salvation. And for the deliverance that proclaims his glory. Such praise gives thanks by recounting that it is this God who has worked all of those things. Who is always sovereignly working his plan even when we don't understand it. 
And that becomes the rub for us. Because we see it in these great things, these profound things, these great deliverances. But what about right now? Is that still true now? Of course it is. He will act. And He will act in His will. He will act in His time. And He will act in His way. And that's why the recounting, the continual recounting of our security makes plain that He is faithful to save. Praise the Lord, He is faithful to save. But He is also, praise the Lord, faithful to judge. Look again at verse 2. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. And so we almost hear this conversation in the Psalms, or at least different people speaking those parts. And so here is the Lord promising what? I, God, will bless in my time now, and I will bring judgment in my time now. And so we should be able in our recounting to take heart. If he is tarrying judgment now, that means he's still calling men and women and boys and girls to saving faith in himself. He is tarrying that judgment, calling people to repentance and faith. And so our song must sing out the reality of God's call, of his holiness, and of the power of the gospel as we fully trust and recount what he's worked that way in us. And so the power of that song, as we take this psalm and sing it to our spouses or to our children, to our extended families, to our communities, is that gospel. It's that power. It's that trust. Recount the words of Ecclesiastes 3.1. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also put eternity in a man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So these are truths that allow us to, to be patient. Patient in waiting upon him. Knowing what? Knowing that God will judge, but that he will also work grace. Blessings that are new every morning. Great faithfulness that we will be able to see and know and experience. But also knowing that He will judge and work grace gives us confidence that He will work in His time and that we can securely wait even in the midst of what seems like instability or chaos or struggle. And it should sing out all the louder, be sung out all the louder from us. Because even now, and maybe you're not someone who loves to sing, I know that there are definitely, having heard song service, singers here. And so there's something of when you're singing and and you're not confident about what you're singing, that even if you find yourself in a choir, you might hide a little bit, but you, you bring that volume down. Right? I, I don't want to mess up and I don't want people to hear me mess up. And so what this psalm is saying is this is not something of which you have to doubt what God is going to do or who He is. Rather, you need to go out and sing it out. Louder and stronger because you know the line. He is sovereign. He is upholding all things by His mighty hand. And so I have all the security that I need to sing it out and recount that to all people. Verse 3, when the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I, it is God who steadies its pillars. What a trust. God upholds all things. 
That's a song to sing today. <laughs> that in the midst of everyone saying what's going on and everything's broken, God upholds all things. My God, my Lord is sovereign. And I will place my trust there. It says in Psalm 11, 1 to 3, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? But what do we know? The foundations aren't destroyed. We know this. So when the earth seems like it's tottering, and everything seems like it's shaking, and mankind has no answers for what's going on in this world or what's come upon it. Sing out your confidence. God is my stability for all times. That if earthquakes shake this world to its very core, you may stand firm and fixed on a refuge, strong and sure. Sing that. Because the song of the secure is what? It's a song of providence. We say this, we love Lord's Day 10. Outside of Lord's Day 1, it's probably the one that we run to most. Providence, the almighty and ever-present power of God, by which God upholds us with His hand heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things. All things come to us, not by chance, but by His fatherly hand. That security in His sovereignly exercised providence should embolden us, but should also bring us then to greater trust and more fervent humility. And it should lead us to recount then the warning that all must heed, because we have a great comfort And we have a great hope. And we know what is coming for us in Jesus Christ. But we know what's coming for the world. Verse 4, I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. It's a call to us, brothers and sisters, to recount His power, not ours. To not act like we're sure of ourselves in ourselves. Or to sing like we're the ones in power or we're in control. No, He is. Don't boast of your might or don't boast of your plans. Do not lift up your horn on high, verse 5, or speak with a haughty neck. This undoes that song. It undoes our testimony. When we are the ones that live this way, how much more the world. Don't exalt yourself or speak in a way that doesn't submit to God or to the yoke of His Word. Instead, give yourself all of your heart, all of your energy to recounting His mighty deeds, His control, and His glory. Doing that in the security that is ours in Jesus. That we would rather respond in in the ways of Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. 
Sing out to this world your recounting of your security in a sovereign God and in your faithful Savior Jesus Christ who is coming again at just the right time to judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom will have no end. That's how we respond to seeming uncertainties in this world. By recounting who our God is, what He's done, and what He's promised. And so we don't only recount that, but we also sing out a declaration of the same, and that in the second place. But you see, there seems to be a disconnect, and certainly within that break in the psalm, there there can be that for us as well. Because we're so often busy just sending out those platitudes without real oomph and faith behind them, or so busy singing our own takes and praises that the world isn't hearing our security. Oh, if only this election goes our way. Oh, if only this justice gets put in. Oh, only if the... And so while those are great things to pray for, and we pray that those things take place, we're not going to trust in princes. We're not going to depend on man for that help. We're going to depend upon the Lord. We call out to the world not to find security in these things, but to find it only in Jesus. And so not only do we need to sing that out to the world, we need to sing that here. We need to sing that among us together as God's people, really needing to sing the gospel to each other in the declaration of why we have comfort in life and in death of why we find our comfort only in the one person in whom such security can be found. And so the song of the secure declares that our only trust is our God, is our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the only way. He is the only way of security for us. He is the only way of blessing and salvation for us. And yet we will sing that only when we're fully resting in Him. Only when we're confident. Even in that song, right in that analogy, in the choir, I'm not going to sing out unless I know my parts. But when I know my part, I need to declare it with every part of my being in singing out that praise. Here it is. Are we securely holding to what He's taught? to what we've learned of Him, and to His faithfulness through our lives. That should be all the fuel to sing a song that declares our need to lift our eyes up from our current circumstances to the only one who is and can be that security. It's the joy of Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Brothers and sisters, lift your eyes to Him. Lift them to Him. In those moments where you're turned up in knots, inside and out, over what you see going on, turn your eyes to Him, to the One who can lift us up and does lift us up, and a Son who is at His right hand, 
and who grants us salvation. Sing out your declaration. I will not look to anything or everything else for my security. I will not look to anyone else for stability or constancy. I will look to Him. Verse 6, For not from the east or from the west and not from the wilderness come lifting up. And that's what the world does. That's the world's part. That's what they look for. They look all over this earth. They want to find it in the stuff of this earth. Seeking in that way to be lifted up and exalted. Is that where we're to be looking? Are we trying to sing that same part? Where are you looking for deliverance? In whom are you looking to for deliverance? We need to be lifted up. Yes, indeed. But we must not look to anyone else but our God to do it. Searching anywhere else for security in this life or the life to come is futile and useless. Are you declaring your hope to each other and to the world? Firmly resting in it no matter what. Is it known in how you speak? Is it known in what you live for? Look only to Him. Live for the Lord. Serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's the call and the praise of Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting... It's the beautiful bit here in Psalm 75. Don't look east and west. Look to the one who has made all of it. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord, high above the nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of His people. He gives the barren woman a home making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Church, declare that. Declare, verse 7, it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. And here is profound comfort. And you're like, well, why? Why is this helpful to us? Well, because God is sovereign. Because He's the hope that we sing of. He's the hope of all who call out to Him in faith. But more, these words in verse 7 are found in two powerful prayers in the Scriptures. The first is the prayer of Hannah in 1 Samuel 2, 7 and 8. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and He exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on him he has set the world. She declares her comfort. But there are words that are picked up then in the Magnificat, in the prayer of Mary, as she anticipates the birth of the Messiah in Luke 1, 51-53. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away 
empty. The psalmist is declaring his hope in the Messiah. In the one that we know in Jesus Christ. That we are declaring God. God and He alone is able to work salvation and great reversals. Declare that. Sing that. Because if we look to deliverance or security in anyone else, in anyone other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have no promise of deliverance. Only the promise of judgment. And that... That's why it is so important that the world hears this song, this declaration of our security. Why? Verse 8 makes it plain. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine well mixed, and He pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. That cup is the cup of the Lord's judgment. And it's ready. It's been poured. It's been flavored. It's been aerated. It's ready to drink. That judgment is coming, and it is coming soon. He will bring retribution. They will taste it and drink all of it, draining it and drinking in the promise of Jeremiah 25. Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. And if they refuse to accept the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, you must drink. We have something to declare because that judgment is coming. And because our God is faithful to his word. And so instead of looking around at those around you saying, you know what, they deserve it, so did you. But for the grace of God, it would be us too. And so in knowing that God's judgment will fall upon those remaining in sin and rebellion, we have a great responsibility. Do not leave this place unconvinced of this reality. He will come to judge. We confessed it again tonight in the creed. He will come. There will be judgment. If you're given only to yourself and only to your sin, there will be judgment. You have no security now, and you will have none in the life to come. Brothers and sisters, we need to sing out that gospel declaration. Because what's the other side of that? That in repentance and faith, they may come to Jesus Christ and live. That they can come, and instead of drinking the cup of God's wrath, they might drink deeply of living water, of the wells not of judgment, but of salvation. Let them hear the song of your security. Speak to them, sing to them of the gospel, which declares that Christ is all our righteousness and that in He and He alone our salvation and hope and trust to be found. And those of you that know this, that have this, go out and sing that in confidence. Sing it out always. Verse 9, I will declare it forever because our God's never-ending glory needs to be declared And all the more right now. It needs to be heard. It needs to be sung out. 
So sing it and live it as you bring him all the glory in your declaration of your security. Bear witness resolutely of the forever steadfast power, love, and wisdom of God, singing praises at the end of verse 9 to the God of Jacob. Praise the God of the covenant we hold, promises strong and sure. Glorify the God who has entered into relationship with us. That's the power of the word Jacob in the psalm. I call you by name. I know who you are. I have entered into relationship with you. And so sing that out to the God who is your hope and salvation. And in that, then, we have a great deal of surety because we know what's going to happen. Verse 10, all the horns of the wicked I will cut off. He will do it, and you have not one reason to doubt it. If you need something to read, Psalm 101, verses 5 through 8, makes it plain. It is sure to be. But the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. He will lift us up by His power and strength in our Savior and by His Spirit. We will be exalted. This life that we know now is the worst that it will ever be for us because of God's love and great mercy. We will be exalted. And so we can securely wait for it and declare it Because his promise is sure. Are you waiting in that way? Secure, assured in Jesus Christ that we will be lifted up. Because even in the darkness and broken struggles of our day, we can wait that way in the faith he provides. It's the joy of answer 52 of our catechism. In all distress and persecution, with uplifted head, I confidently await the very judge who has already offered himself to the judgment of God in my place and remove the whole curse from me. Christ will cast all his enemies and mine into everlasting condemnation, but will take me and all his chosen ones to himself in the joy and glory of heaven. Are you singing that hope? Giving testimony to the help of the Lord? And if you're having a problem with that, start with providence. How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? We can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature will separate us from his love. For all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will they can neither move nor be moved. Is this your security in Jesus? If it is, then sing it out. Turn your eyes to him. Firmly stand in him and in what he's done for you. He emptied himself for you. He sacrificed himself for you. He has been exalted that you would be exalted in him. So declare that tonight. And declare that tomorrow. And declare that on Tuesday, whatever happens. 
declare in the song of the secure that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is at work, and He will come again to exalt us with Himself to the glory of God the Father and in the fullness of our hope in Him. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank You for the truth of Psalm 75. And for the great deal of security that it lays before us. And we confess to you how prone we are to wander from it. How quickly we dismiss it. How when things are good, we speak it to other people who aren't in great places. But when we find ourselves in those moments of doubt or discouragement or struggle or hurt. These things do not always so readily come before us. Father, remind us of what you have done. Remind us of what you will do. And then the confidence that comes of knowing your Son, knowing the indwelling of your Spirit, knowing the promises of your Word, help us to sing. To sing of of you and your glory. To sing of our trust and our dependence. To sing of the Gospel that has saved us and changed us. All of those glorious things that resound to your praise and adoration always. And so, Father, we trust in you, in your providence, in your care, and in your love for us shown in Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have done all of that work for us, living and dying and rising again, even now that you would reign, until all the enemies of Satan are put under your feet. Remind us of the truth, for you are the truth and the way and the life. Holy Spirit, indwell us. Change our hearts and our attitudes that we would see the glory of God and give our triune God all praise and adoration for it. Hear our prayer, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.